Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have a very interesting show. Well, aren't they always, you might be saying. (laughs) But today we're looking at BizStats, which is a valuation software and database that's backed by AIBB, the Australian Institute of Business Brokers. And today to talk about BizStats, we have on the show Richard Hemingway from Mandanex Capital. Now, just to give a little quick background of Richard, even though he's not talking about his business today, but that doesn't stop me talking about it. Richard has over 30 years of business experience in CFO roles in large listed corporates, living and working throughout Australia, Asia, and New Zealand. And he's been involved in the valuation, the acquisition, the divestments and the post-acquisition integration of businesses ranging from major corporates to small family-owned companies. And so that gives him a rich background from which to talk about BizStats, which is all about statistics in relation to business sales activity across Australia in the SME sector. Richard established the Mandanex Group just over five years ago. And the group's guiding philosophy is facilitating cross-border business in the middle market. And at the moment, it has operations in Australia, New Zealand, Indonesia, Singapore, and representatives or partners in India, Southern Africa, Germany, and the US. And he does a lot of work in business valuation, capital raisings, M&A, and corporate advisory. And so he brings a wealth of experience in talking about this concept of business valuations and why it's so useful for, I guess, software and tools like BizStats to be around gathering data. So without further ado, let's bring Richard onto the show to talk all about BizStats. Here we go. Richard, thank you very much for coming on to the Deal Room podcast today. Joanne, it's my pleasure. Fabulous. All right. So let's just launch straight into it. How about we just kick it off with talking about what BizStats is? Yeah, thanks. Uh, uh, BizStats, Joanna, is, is is a data collection portal for the Australian Institute of Business Brokers, the AIBB. It was started uh, around about uh, or a bit less than 10 years ago by, by the AIBB and has developed over the years into probably Australia's most uh, comprehensive database of private business sale transactions in the market. Mm. It, it carries a, a range of valuable and Sort of important information for for the brokerage community, and and I'd say it's a member member only tool, and so a great reason to join the AIBB for any mm. brokers out there who are thinking about whether they should or shouldn't be part of the AIBB. It's mm. one of the very key benefits of, of of membership. It has developed over the years, and and I'd say had a bit of a hiatus a, a number of years ago, where contribution levels into the database kind of stalled. 
uh, we have over the last you know, one to two years had a strong push within the AIBB from the leadership of the AIBB to reignite the, the database and, and to encourage members to actively uh, contribute their sales data and uh, happy to report that there's a real forward momentum within the database at the moment and, and every month our, our member community is uh, contributing sales. I'd have to say not every member and every sale, but, uh, but as I say, there's, there's good, strong forward momentum in the database at the moment. So That's brilliant. Any members, uh, any brokers out there in the, in the brokerage community who, who are um, thinking of joining, please do so. Mm. So obviously, as you said, it's Australia's most comprehensive database of business sale data. So what are some of those data points that are collected um, in the BizStats data set? Yeah, that's a good question, Joanna. A relatively, and we might talk a little bit later about, you know, how quick and easy it is for, for the brokerage community to contribute their data because it's, I think, around about eight uh, data points for each sale. Uh, so we capture information on the, the business type and location. It, I would say that it's an, an anonymous contribution. And so uh, both uh, brokers in terms of not, uh, quite rightly not necessarily wanting uh, their individual profiles to be highlighted through the, the BizStats database. The, the mm. contributions are anonymous both from identifying the broker involved as well as identifying the, uh, the business itself, of course. And so confidentiality is a, a, a real key within the, the data contribution. So it's business location and type it's, yeah, and various key KPIs, if you like, against, mm. um, against each sale. So it will be uh, sales revenue, gross profit. Uh, PBITDA. Let me talk about that for a second. So it's the, the normalised view of profit that brokers will typically use in terms of appraising the value of a business is based on PBITDA, which is the earnings before proprietors' uh, drawings and wages, interest tax, depreciation and amortisation. Uh, you can tell I'm a uh, chartered accountant by that. <laughs> I was getting that feeling. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but so, so it, it uh, captures PBITDA, and then, then obviously that uh, that that is information about the business itself, and, and then it switches over to information about the sale transaction. So the value of the sale, which is broken down into tangible assets, or plant and equipment sort of thing, mm-hmm. stock, and and goodwill uh, to mm-hmm. be. There the total um, composition of the, the sales price. So the, the key data points that will allow brokers as they're appraising businesses or, or valuers as they're, they're valuing them to uh, get a sense for the, the sorts of uh, multiples that are businesses are being traded at. Yeah, that's great. And I, I can imagine it's particularly useful. I mean, I mean, useful for anyone who's not part of a very large team to ensure they're staying on top of understanding where the market is. Um, and particularly, I guess, if they're dealing across industries as well to get a feeling for, you know, something that might be in an industry that they don't normally deal in, you know, perhaps. Absolute good spread of um, of industry data within within the database, uh, as you would expect, just by sheer volume of numbers. Significant percentage of the sales in there relate to sort of hospitality and those sorts of businesses, but there's a good representation across uh, across most industries within the database. Interestingly, as you say, where where someone is operating in a larger team, I'd sort of argue that it's nonetheless really interesting then for, for those people to be able to both contribute their data and draw on data that other brokers are are also uh, seeing transactions done out in the market. 
Absolutely. And so, look, that's a really good point. Why don't we really drill into what the benefits are um, to brokers? So you've made a really good point here. It's not just for, you know, the smaller brokerage um, um, uh, firms. It's also for the larger ones. So let's drill into what the benefits are because maybe uh, this is something that is really useful to dig into. So, yeah, look, there's there's a range of benefits, uh, Joanna, in terms of the industry as a whole actively and and the membership in particular of the AIB um, participating in contributing as much of their data as as is possible into the database. The As a precursor to that, from a regulatory point of view, it, it's a little bit different state to state across Australia, but basically the international valuation standards which have uh, come into force as of January this year uh, make it mandatory for those performing valuation work, which uh, would typically include appraisal work to take note of and use market data where where that is available mm. and comparable. That is underpinned or, or um, echoed by the by the various state regulations. And I have one on my screen here, for example, the, the WA uh, Real Estate and Business Agents uh, Code makes it mandatory for people providing appraisals of market value. If available information regarding the sale of similar businesses must support the opinion of value. So that, that's basically a common theme. So we, we, we kind of have to do this. But there's reasons beyond that to do it as well, Joanna. One is that um, it, it protects clients. Mm. You know, we, we all value our clients and, and want to provide the best level of service for them. And, and I wanted to talk also about um, professionalism within uh, the brokerage, brokerage industry. Providing accurate market appraisal appraisals to, to clients is a very important part of the industry maintaining those standards mm. for our clients, providing realistic and not false expectations either on the high or low side of where um, they should expect uh, the value of their business to sit in the market. There's a very sort of key pillar to that. The more data there is for brokers generally to draw on, the better the better those opinions of value uh, can be. The standards, uh, the international valuation standards, and anyone who's uh, learnt valuation will know that there are various sources of data that we, uh, as we're doing valuations and appraisals, that we can draw on. The best, uh, the best source of information is where you yourself have uh, direct and personal knowledge of comparable transactions in the market. And so some of the larger brokerages probably have relatively ready access to, to those sorts of that sort of information. But generally, then it tears down from, from direct uh, information to almost market rumour type of uh, type. Mm. Of and obviously, the weighting on direct information is far higher in terms of allowing a broker to understand special circumstances that that have driven a sale to be at a, a previous sale to be at a certain value. Whereas within the BizStats database, what we get is truly consistent information that has been checked prior to being activated. So the process within sort of contributing data is that uh, a broker will go in and, and put their information in and myself or one of my colleagues in, in at the, um, uh, the BizStats will, will check that information and ask questions back to the, uh, to the contributing member prior to that becoming a live file that's accessible. It's really important and, you know, in terms of what multiple of um, profit a, uh, a business may have transacted at. Any of us have done this for, for any period of time. We'll understand that there's profit and there's profit and, and that number can vary widely depending on what's included and excluded mm. in that figure. So what you're saying is here, you know, these points of uh, quality assurance, I guess, through the collection of the data and before it is displayed in the 
BizStats data set that that there are actually people here who are cross-checking the information that's come in to ensure that whoever's inputting the information or providing the information is properly understood and is providing the, the data in accordance with the rest of the data that's being collected. Well summarised, absolutely. And when you're looking at um, BizStats, you know that PBIT data is PBIT data and not not some other number, and that's really important. I think that's super important because, you know, as you say, there's many different ways of looking at profit and, you know, the the figures themselves become a bit useless if there's not a standardisation. So obviously the benefit of this sort of process is the standardisation that you're applying to the data as it's coming in as well. And look, one other um, benefit in there, uh, Joanna, and this is a, um, in a sense, a little bit of a selfish benefit around the broker community is it acts as as some level of protection of of income, if you like, if I can uh, put it that way. It keeps brokers, where where there's a, a body of data that demonstrates that the right value for a business mm. is a certain level, then it's difficult to launch an argument that, that says that, that we should be telling our client that it's a, a significantly different value to that. Mm. Um, what that means is that uh, as we brokers are, are um, marketing businesses, we're doing it at, at a realistic and right level uh, for our clients, that mm. the expectations are set correctly, and that will lead to to more sales, if you like. Uh, that benefits both clients, but also benefits brokers, in as much as you you won't be soldiering away on an unrealistic value expectation. Yeah, and I mean it's an interesting point as well, isn't it? Because I hear brokers talk a lot about you know the the difficulty in the market of dealing with you know a potential client, so so a seller giving them what their belief is about the market value or the likely market value of the business and having difficulty with perhaps others in the market coming up with a much higher viewpoint and therefore taking, you know, the listing. I I guess something like BizStats gives a broker an ability to point to the independence of the information that they're providing or the appraisals that they're providing for a business to help deal with that situation where maybe there might be suggestions that there might be, you know, marketing that's a little bit misleading or deceptive perhaps. Yeah, I possibly wouldn't pick those last two words, but but yes, no, absolutely. And when you're out in the, um, in the market and you are able to produce for uh, your potential client a body of evidence uh, that, as I say, has been checked that demonstrates that not dissimilar businesses are trading at a certain level than if they're being given an entirely different expectation on the low or the high side by uh, another participant in the market, then you would expect most clients go back and challenge the other participant to try and produce such, you know, evidence to support them. So it's, uh, look, there, there can be no, I can't see any downside in, in just building this database to the best it possibly can be. Yeah. So, and then I guess the, the flip side of that is also ensuring that you have a wide level of contributions spread, you, you know, geographically across industries as we've been talking about. Um, and one of the things that I, I guess we should reiterate, because I, I thought it was an important point when you mentioned it, is the ability for anonymity when contributing data. So really, there's no downside to contributing data. You're contributing to the greater good and then, you know, having the ability to use that broader data set yourself. But yeah, I, just coming back to it, obviously, when brokers providing the data, there's nothing that identifies them uh, and the transaction 
as a whole. Is that right? Uh, that's correct. Yeah, no, that's absolutely correct. The obviously the within the couple of us who who um, check the the data as it's going in the in the back end of the system uh, at the administrator level is the, the, there is the ability uh, and because we need to be able to ask questions of the contributing mm. brother. So within that level of the the database, there, there is but. To anybody using the database, uh, no, the, the contributing broker is is blind, is anonymous, and even at the admin level, um, the the identity of the business in question is not not ever made available, nor nor should it be. There's some um, real mm. uh, privacy uh, privacy reasons. That of course, absolutely. And, uh, and so it's it's. Um, uh, we, we monitor that very, very closely. Mm, okay, fabulous. And so then maybe if we can just take a, a little moment to look globally at what um, what is happening with similar databases. Maybe if you can talk about th- that for us, you know, what's happening globally? Are there similar databases globally? You know, it's an interesting um, interesting thing, Joanna. So BizStats here in Australia has been going, as I think I mentioned earlier, sort of, you know, close to 10 years now. Um there is a um, a similar uh, database I- in the US, which uh, I, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think it's been going roughly a, a similar amount of time, and and one in New Zealand that I'm aware of also uh, named BizStats, which has been going for a similar amount of time. So here in Australia, we're certainly not the the only market that has has recognised the uh, the need for the brokerage community to have access to data in order to properly work for for their clients um, so those um, those two international databases um, uh, gain strong industry support which uh, which is uh, which is great and um, further afield other other jurisdictions uh, probably suffer a little bit from a lack of that that sort of information. Most of the data within BizStats uh, here in Australia uh, and those other uh, comparable databases are at the um, sort of the, the SME um, mm. sort of level. Uh, right. There's a couple of databases which seek to capture um, a larger mid-market, you know, truly mid-market type, type mm. actions such as um, uh, the US PitchBook uh, database, which uh, which will catch both publicly traded and, and private data uh, for mid-market transactions. Um, and there's, there's a range of those sorts of databases out there. And so how does, do you know any of the background of PitchBook in relation to how it is that it captures its data? Well, not not specifically, uh, other than, uh, again, um, well, the, the publicly traded information that it has, uh, mm. teams of researchers out there that are... Mm. So scraping scraping information, basically. But there are also um, contributing uh, contributing members to, mm. to, that, uh, to that database, I believe. That is in- but I guess that's one of the benefits, something like BizStats that comes from, um, you know, where the information comes from contributions as opposed to scraped data. Scraped data, I guess, you know, sometimes can lose the context of, you know, maybe other things that have happened in the transaction. And one would think the data checking processes that are going on with BizStats in the contributed data, we are able to cross-check against um, data that's been provided, you, you know, must result in a high level of quality. Yeah, sorry, Tom. Yeah, absolutely right. Look, that's right. Um, and it's very important uh, to understand that, that the public you know um, any listed companies that are, that are um, 
executing sort of M&A transactions. Um, you'll see in any uh, public company's annual report where they've acquired a, pri- a privately held entity mm. as part of their group, um, the details of that transaction will be disclosed within their, mm. their published accounts. And so that sort of information is relatively easy. Uh, and easy to discern and um, and accurate because of the processes that sit around the sort of public company disclosures. However, most transactions are between private and private. Yes, well, that's what I was going to say. You know, it's fine where where you've got that, you, you know, the involvement of a listed entity. But if you don't, then, you, you know, I, I guess the problem is. And, you know, the issue is that acquisitions by listed entities aren't necessarily going to provide the same uh, results in multiples of acquisition that you know privately held companies between themselves will be trading at. You know, so I just wonder. Good point. Often, often public company acquisitions have synergistic benefits, which would, in valuation terms, um, put them in a uh, you know a multiple range that may yeah. may attract a, um, uh, a sort of a special circumstance, which uh, which might increase the multiple beyond. Uh, what a value we'll see the mm. multiple as comparability is is certainly uh, certainly an issue and as transactions reduce in value in a sense they become harder to uh, to track there, there would be you know, a range of sort of mid-market transactions even between private companies that that, that get announced publicly not in in granular detail but but um, but as the value of those transactions um, become less then then the contribution by uh, the brokerage community to databases such as BizStats becomes more and more important. Yeah, yeah. Communally protecting our clients' interests. Brilliant. Okay, so I think we've um, we've really covered uh, some of the most important areas that I thought would be interesting to understand with BizStats. We've talked a bit about the, the background, the reasons for contribution, the framework that they sit into. Are, are there any other areas, Richard, that you know you think it's important for us to be conveying to our listeners here? Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind just talking for a couple of minutes about um, the perceived obstacles as to why uh, yeah. because, um, the brokerage community may not uh, contribute data and, and the first of them is uh, something that each and every one of us know very well and that's uh, the fact that there simply aren't enough hours in the day. I'm not sure who thought that there should only be 24 hours in a day. But... <laughs> I'm with you there, Richard. Oh, my goodness, I'm so with you. <laughs> Look, um, and I'd say what we've worked very hard and uh, within the AOBB and the BizStats uh, area to make sure that we've really thought through the the minimum necessary number of data points that need to be captured for the database to be meaningful and provide good information back. Uh, Mm. And as I enter a sale into the database, it may take you a little bit longer uh, for your first couple of sales that you enter because uh, as with anything in life, you kind of get your eye in and get into the zone of doing it. But if you've got your sales data with you, you're logged into into the database it should take you less, well, less than five minutes to enter a sale. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, that's easy. Come on. Who cannot afford five minutes? As uh, I'm sure the first time uh, first time a broker tries to do it, it will take them probably significantly longer than that. But, but I assure you that once you, you've got into the zone of doing it and uh, you'll, you'll organise yourself to have the key information available and it should not take longer than that. We've also uh, created a spreadsheet for those who would prefer you know, you can either direct, enter it directly um, through your login to the database as a member of the AIBB or you can enter it on a, a data entry spreadsheet. Either way, it takes about the same amount of um, amount of time. The other reason, I guess, is um, is perceived uh, 
you know, some level of sacrificing competitive advantage by contributing your data. You may either be a niche broker who uh, operates in one particular sort of industry vertical, or you might be uh, a larger broker who has a range of data internally available to them. Probably argue, well, probably I definitely argue in either case that that, that it's probably a fallacy to uh, to think that 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 is an area of uh, competitive advantage for you. It, seems to be in everyone's interest, for, uh, as we've discussed, for, for BizStats to become as comprehensive a mm. picture of the uh, private sales, uh, business sales market uh, within Australia. I don't believe that, uh, you know, for example, let's take the, uh, the example of a niche broker who operates in, you know, one particular industry. Your competitive advantage is the fact that you've worked for years to know who's who in that industry to develop a network of, of contacts or you know, on the buyer and seller side where you can bring true value add to your clients and potential clients. Those um, eight to 10 data points uh, contributed anonymously to a, an overall uh, major uh, database um, simply aren't your competitive advantage in, in the marketplace. Mm. And in fact, I'd, I'd argue the opposite, that, that where you have a, a new broker coming along wanting to break into a space that, that you operate in, um, the risk by not contributing data in that, in that area is that you allow that new broker to, in a sense, not make up a value, that would be wrong of me to say that, but to, you know, healthily appraise the value of a business <laughs> in the absence of having cold hard data that shows that that shouldn't be the value of the business, they, they mm. will be able to maintain that argument and potentially uh, potentially win clients as, as a result. So, I, I, you know, I'd argue very strongly that it's in, it's in everybody's interest, no matter what your circumstance, uh, to be a member of the AIBB and to be a contributor to, to BizStats. Mm. Okay, absolutely love it. Well, Richard, thank you so much for coming on the show today uh, to talk all about BizStats. Um, I thought it was really interesting, hopefully very interesting to our listeners out there. So if our listeners want to get involved by being a contributor um, and also in then using the data out of BizStats, What's the message? Join AIBB. I think that's the message. Is that right? Join AIBB and any current members of AIBB who listen to the podcast and this has acted as a, as a memory jogger for them to, uh, to start um, or contribute their next sale, then happy for anyone to contact me uh, directly or to uh, go via the AIBB, which is info at AIBB.org.au. Brilliant. Okay. All right. We'll put that link up on the site. And I just want to say an absolutely massive thank you, Richard. Thanks for coming on to the show. That's a pleasure, Joanna. Look forward to talking again. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast, all about, of course, the topic of BizStats. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then just head to our show notes or over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com. There you'll be able to download a transcript of this podcast episode if you would like to read it in more detail. And of course, we will link straight through to the AIBB where you can find out more about BizStats or if you're not a member, you can find out how to become a member. There you'll be able to also make contact with Richard if you'd like to pick his brains a little bit more about some of the benefits 
of getting onto this BizStats bandwagon, being a contributor yourself and also getting access to the data that comes out of it. Well, thanks again for listening in. I hope you enjoyed what you heard today. And if you did, don't forget to press that subscribe button. Well, thanks again. We will see you next week. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Aspect Legal has a number of great services that help businesses prepare for a sale or acquisition to help them prepare in advance and to get transaction ready. We've also got a range of services to help guide businesses through the sale and acquisitions process. We work with clients both big and small and have different types of services depending on size and complexity. We provide a free consultation to discuss your proposed sale or acquisition. So see our show notes on how to book a time to speak with us or head over to our website at aspectlegal.com.au. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. Deal Room.